Good morning. Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. Proverbs 25, looking at verse 4 through 5. Let's get right into Scripture. So, <clears throat> I tell you what, I'm enjoying chapter 25. It's a little more poetic than what we had just got through and what we just studied. And the analogies, the allegory, the, the um, parables, however you want to describe them that Solomon is giving us are just really good. Um, he kind of did that yesterday in the first three verses. He does it again here in verse 4 and 5. So let's go ahead and read. Let's go ahead and read and we will discuss that. Verse 4 says, Take away the dross from the silver, and the smith has material for a vessel. Take away the wicked from the presence of the king, and his throne will be established in righteousness. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about this description. So we get a little bit of a, a blacksmithing um, description in verse four, and it's used to teach us something um, important about our relationship with other people and with sin and uh, the idea of righteousness. So dross, obviously a lot of people know this, most people know this, dross is any of the impurities. When you're smelting um, metals, precious metals like silver, and you want to get the silver as pure as possible, when you heat it up to a liquid state, the dross is any of the impurities or the trace elements of other materials that are within the silver will, will float to the surface. And then you can scoop that off and just toss it to the side, get rid of it. And in the process of doing that, you're pulling all the impurities out and the metal is, is going to be as pure as you could possibly get it, okay? Clean and pure, okay? The same idea here, the same idea here is the idea of unleavened bread. We see that in scripture everywhere. Unleavened bread, means that there's no yeast in it okay yeast is in a sense even though we we like to put yeast in our bread it makes it rise and 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 does some other good things you know and it doesn't harm us per se but the idea yeast is an impurity that is placed into the pure wheat okay so the reason why um, the Israelites would eat unleavened bread especially at Passover was it painted the picture for us that we need to be righteous just like that unleavened bread. We need to take the yeast out of our hearts, the impurities out of our hearts, and cleanse ourselves. That's the same concept here. It's just using a blacksmithing analogy. So if you take that dross out, you have silver, you have pure silver, and you can then make a nice, pure, clean, righteous, right, vessel out of it. Whatever you want to make out of that silver. So Solomon takes that description and he compares it to a king uh, and his court. So a king would often have many advisors, lots of counselors and, and advisors to give them um, uh, their opinion and their wise opinion, hopefully, about certain matters. And the more tough and challenging the matters, the, the more important it was for a king to listen to his advisors. But what's even more important for a king is to find men who were righteous, who had no sin and corruption within them. Because if, if you had just one counselor who was corrupt and selfish and was not seeking to love God 
and to love others, he can steer the king's decisions in a direction to make the king do unrighteous things. So Solomon is saying here, as a king, I'm, he says, I'm a king, and so I want to remove any of the wickedness from the court of my advisors so that we are all pure in our thinking and we are all on the same page. Our goal is to love God with all our heart and to love others. So all of our decisions for our kingdom will be based upon those two great commandments. And that is what righteousness is. That is what righteousness is. Now, how can this apply to you, to me, and to the world today? Well, as a Christian, we obviously have to live in the world, but we need to be careful not to be of the world. So we can live in the world and we can befriend people who may live lifestyles that are inappropriate and ungodly and we can, you know, be in their life. We want to do that, right? We want to be around sinners because we want to influence them for the glory of God. We want them to see the glory of God and come to Jesus and surrender to him. So we don't ignore them and kick them out of our life. We, we be a part of their life, but we need to be careful as Christians that we don't let them steer us down a path of sin, but that we steer them down a path of righteousness. And so we've got to be careful. You know, As a believer, you need close-knit friends around you, but be careful who those friends are because if, there are, if you get close to people who, who have rejected God and they are not saved then they may steer that in you. And instead, you should be steering them towards God. Okay, So we don't ignore people and kick them out of our lives, but we need to be very, very careful in how much influence they do have on our heart, Okay, just as Solomon is saying here. The same goes for our churches, too. Uh, churches need to be very, very careful. Um, the church doors should be wide and open so that anyone can come in and be a part of worship and be a part of, of hearing the gospel and the truth, okay? Anybody should be able to come in. I don't care who they are, what they look like, or what type of sinful lifestyle they are leading at that time. Now, when it comes to church membership, it's different. That path should be very narrow, just as the path of righteousness is very narrow in regards to salvation, Okay, God cannot allow approval of sin and a sinful lifestyle into his righteous kingdom. Every month, one must be cleansed and purified, and the dross must be removed from them if they want to be in a right relationship with God. And I'm not saying that when you get saved, you have to be perfect and can never sin again because you're just in trouble. Now, we're going to struggle with sin even as Christians, but the, I, there's a difference between rejecting sin and approving of sin. There's a difference between failing in sin and knowing that you failed and, and working hard to, to push against that sin nature and then accepting that sin nature and approving of sin, even though it's obvious God does not approve of it. Okay, there's a difference there. And so when it comes to, to salvation, the path's very narrow. When it comes to church membership, the path should be very narrow. There should be a set guidelines according to God's word that everyone agrees to to be members in the church because those members are going to be the ones who lead the church. And if you've got people who believe different things on, on 
whether this is a sin or that's a sin and this isn't a sin and, and they are disagreeing on all of those things, you're going to have a whole lot of conflict amongst your leadership within the church. Doors should be wide for everyone, but when it comes to membership, the doors should be more narrow. It's the way it is when it comes to salvation, right? Because God cannot just allow sin into his kingdom. So there's a very important spiritual truth being taught here, as well as a very practical truth in these verses this morning. All right, thank you for joining me. Have a wonderful and blessed day. At the end of the day, seek first the kingdom of God. That is seeking a relationship with God, making your heart right with him. Take care. Have a blessed day. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.